Glamour is about feeling good in your own skin. And beautiful skin requires commitment and not a miracle. Friends, we have with us the founding team of New Body. Well, it's the women power on set today. I take this pleasure in welcoming Coney Law and Laura Burgett to Bay Street Diary. How are you girls doing today? We're great. Thanks for having yes. us. It's been a wild week so far, but so nice to meet you. Oh, that's perfect. Nice yeah. to meet you too. So first and foremost, how did Coney and Laura partner and what exactly gave birth to New Body? So it's a bit of a grassroots story, actually. It was uh, an idea that I came up with while I was still in school, studying chemical engineering at the University of Toronto here. Okay. And in my fourth year, I got really into natural beauty. So I started taking around my own kitchen, trying out different home remedies. And one of the products I loved using was coconut oil to remove makeup naturally. I don't know if you've ever tried this before, but it's a really popular beauty hack. Okay. Uh, works super, super well, but is so messy to use and I couldn't travel with it. So I tried to find something on the market that I could afford as a student on my student budget, but then also was just as effective and realized there really wasn't anything within the natural scene that was truly natural and worked well, but that was at price points that I could afford as a student. Um, so it really was born out of my own uh, issues that I had struggled with as a consumer. Um, so I graduated from university, started working in software sales, couldn't shake this idea for a new body out of my head and decided to pursue it as a business. Um, pitched the idea, quote unquote, to one of my friends who went to middle school with Connie. So that's how her and I became uh, introduced. And we initially had met up for a 45 minute sushi dinner that turned into like a three hour business meeting. We were just vibing <laughs> off of each other right from the start, just very aligned in terms of where we saw the brand developing towards, as well as the roles that we had played within the company. Um, and it became really obvious from that first conversation that I found my co-founder. Um, so literally, I think the next day we started working yeah. on, the, on the company. So that was back in the end of 2016. So we're both 23 at the time and um, just started kicking it off as a side hustle. So we worked in the evenings and also on the weekends for a year and a half. We both went full time last year. All right. You guys sound so passionate. It looks like you were born with this idea. <laughs> yeah, we really care about it. Yeah. I'm definitely going to try it. Yeah, for sure. What is that one thing that makes New Body different from other brands in the market? I mean, I see so many brands which call themselves 100% natural. What is that thing which makes you guys special? I think for us, it's not even just one specific thing because you'll definitely see brands out there that are truly natural or affordable or vegan or female founded. And I think that what makes us unique is the intersection of all of these benefits. But if you had to pick like one or two specific ones, it would be the blend of natural and affordable. Because there's a lot of brands out there that will use the term natural, but like you'll see they're around $10 at Shoppers Drug Mart or Walmart, and you know that they're just kind of hiding secret like chemicals and different terms like fragrance on the back of the ingredient label. Right. And so for us, we're truly natural, no parabens, sulfates, artificial colors or fragrances, but we're also affordable. And that's where you know this idea came from because the brands that were truly natural were really expensive and not everyone can afford to spend what like $80 on a face cream. Right. Um, so for us, I would say definitely natural and affordability. Right, and it's right from the manufacturing stage where it is natural, right? Mm -hmm. Everything is natural. Okay. Perfect. Gaining experience prior to coming to the game of entrepreneurship, it sounds a bit vintage to me, but you guys started this company really early in mid-20s and it's mm -hmm. around two years from when the new body was founded. Yeah. Do you think you took the right decision in starting early or uh, you could have gained more experience prior to launching New Body? 
That's a tough one. So uh, this is actually my third business that I've run. So I ran two companies while I was in university. One of them was a retail bookstore on U of T campus. The other one was a college pro franchise. So those had a lot more structure, allowed me to gain operating business experience. But this is really more of a brand building play. So that's what's really exciting about it. Connie comes from a similar background as well, having been involved with a number of clubs and entrepreneurial activities throughout uh, high school and university. So I think it's one of those things where there's never enough knowledge that you could accumulate. It's better to just get into the market, fail fast, like learn through those failures. That's really the best guider um, when it comes to launching and growing your company. And so that's yeah. like definitely our, our core belief. The way that we see it is, you know, if you're waiting for the perfect moment and to have everything right, then you're never going to start. Exactly. And we know that we don't know everything, and that's why we reach out to mentors and other people who right. can help us in those areas. Right. I believe it's Reid Hoffman, um, the founder of LinkedIn, that has a saying that if you uh, are not embarrassed by your first product launch, you probably launched too late, right? We were embarrassed for sure. Yeah. So like looking back, it's, it's really amazing to see the evolution of the brand and the company over the past two years. Um, and I also think that as young founders, it gives us um, more of a sense of flexibility within our life as well. You know, Connie and I, we don't have kids, uh, we don't have husbands, like, yeah. So because of that, it means that we're able to really pour our heart and souls and our full sure. time and commitment into the company too. Right. Yeah. Great. So you won the Queen's Venture Network Pitch Competition, which was a head start for uh, you guys, and you also won $10,000. Yeah. What was the importance of that initial fund you received for your business? Yeah, I think it's a great question. So, you know, we bootstrapped this company from, what, $2,000 investment each, and we were really cognizant from the beginning not to take on outside investing um, until the point where we really needed it, mm -hmm. until we would need to raise a seed round or a Series A. Okay. And so up until that point, we were getting really creative with the ways that we were getting money. So whether it be through like love loans or even our own personal lines of credit. And then I was subscribed to the Queen's alumni newsletter. Okay because that's where I went to school and I saw that there was this competition happening. So Laura and I have been really interested in you know, practicing our skills of pitching and we thought this was a great opportunity to try it um, and we ended up winning so that was super <laughs> fantastic. And I think the initial funding went towards actually R&D for one of our new more complex formulations mm -hmm. because up until that point a lot of our formulations were done in-house. Um, Laura with her chemical engineering background is able to make a lot of the products but we knew that we wanted to make something more unique so that funding went towards our purified gel cleanser um, which is now one of our best selling products. Wow, that's great. And what do you think investors are actually looking to hear in a great business pitch for any startup? I think the number one thing is passion. That's, that's what I was going to say. That comes yeah. time and time again. They just want to really see that the entrepreneurs live and breathe and die by their businesses. Sure. That they really feel that they're doing something that's good for the mm -hmm. world. And then also not only passion from the founders, but also from the customers. So if you start to get some initial traction and you generate initial sales, just making sure that those customers that you are currently reaching, even if it's a smaller group when you're mm -hmm. first getting started, are really passionate about the brand. Right. Yeah. I think one last thing I would say is flexibility. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of the times when we're talking with you know venture capitalists and other family offices and angel investors, they tend to hear a lot of conversations with other entrepreneurs who, since it is your idea, it becomes your baby, right. and they can become sometimes a little stubborn or protective about their idea. So I think being open to other people's perspectives and being flexible is something that they look for because if they do end up giving you something to play with, they would love to have it be a two-way street. Sure, sure. I understand. No doubt you guys won. You you look so passionate and I'm sure you're flexible <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, from the idea stage of new body to incorporation of the company and then the whole process of building a brand, what do you think is the biggest challenge for a startup in the Canadian uh, geography and why? That's a great question. So I guess for our lens, uh, it's a little bit singular because shipping is something that immediately comes to mind. As a direct-to-consumer e-commerce company, the cost of shipping within Canada is astronomical compared to the cost of yeah, shipping within right. the States. So even for us to send something from Toronto to New York is going to be probably around half the price as me to send something literally down the street. Okay. So it's a little difficult in that way just to get your margins to work out when you're trying to reach a direct-to-consumer audience within Canada. Uh-huh. And then another thing that's we've run into challenges about more recently since having conversations with investors is um, there's like a lower risk tolerance within the Canadian economy as well. They're much more risk adverse than our American counterparts, which makes it more difficult for them to take, I guess, these early stage investments. Um, so we've definitely noticed that difference in, um, I guess, business mindset and practices between Canada and the US. Wow. I'm amazed how much knowledge you've gained at this age only. <laughs> a lot of conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, when as for you is the right stage and right time to raise capital, I mean, do you believe in seed fund or do you believe in selling equity once some numbers have been achieved in your company? Yeah. And uh, do you think that most businesses, they undersell themselves by raising seed capital? That's, again, a really good question. And I think that sometimes it can be overly glamorized when you see these, you know, articles coming out like X company raised $10 million right. and they haven't even, you know, sold a dollar yet um, of, of goods or services. And um, that's something that Laura and I, I think are really good at. Like we really don't put our ego first when it comes mm-hmm. to the business and the business is always number one, which I think is a really great quality that we share. Um, and so from the beginning, again, we we're really aware that we didn't want to give any percentage of our company company to any outside investor unless it came to the point where we had to. So we tried to look for, you know, investing in other areas like our own personal savings, you know, bank of dad, like where he can loan us money for the time being or different grants like the Queen's Venture Network one. And then it came a point where we knew that we could grow faster if we had some outside investing. And that's where we came to the point where we want to consider a seed round. (laughs) Then instead of jumping right into it, we actually talked to six different investors to get their perspective. Because we know that investing in a consumer goods space is different than investing in the tech space, where a lot of the times they can even do a pre-seed round without any revenue yet. And so after talking with those six investors, they all agree that now is the time to, to raise. I think it's a balance really of making sure that one, you know what you're going to spend the money on. That's a huge problem that we've seen when it comes to founders raising too early um, within the stage of their business is you can burn through a lot of cash that way if you're testing out different things with investor money. Um, that's not how you should be approaching stuff like fail really, really cheap and fail fast. And then once you know what you're going to be spending those dollars on, then that's probably a good time to invest. Um, or also once you're at an inflection point within the business too. So I'd say it's a balance of those things of knowing what you'll spend it on and also being at the point where you don't wait so long that you're actually holding back growth mm-hmm. for lack of the capital. Yeah. Right. Very detailed. So would you consider it to be an advantage to your brand new body with not one but two women entrepreneurs oh, involved in the yeah. strategic decisions? Yeah. yeah. Oh, massively. And yeah. even not even just about having two founders, like strategically, like you mentioned, I think it's been great because like Laura mentioned earlier, we're complete opposites. And I think that's amazing because 
what she's really great at, like the analytical side, the back end, I'm naturally not as strong in. And for me personally, I like the branding side and the front facing side of the business, um, which is where I, I focus my time personally. Right. And so having two of us to split that workload is so great. Even having someone to bounce ideas off of um, is amazing. And I think that, you know, even with risk preferences, which I think is really important for a startup. Laura is more um, risky in terms of her decisions. I'm more risk averse, but you need a balance because if everything was done by me, we wouldn't go very far. <laughs> if every decision was made by her, we could have run out of cash or something. I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. So. so then having a co-founder to run those decisions by, run the ideas by, I think is the most valuable. Yeah. Well, that's a good balance though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. With majority of investors today looking to invest in either IT or AI sector. What space does that leave for any product-based business in North American market? Or to just put it straight, what is the X factor in new body to excite the market and investors uh, being a product-based business? I think that's a really good question because obviously investors are looking for something that's defensible is what it comes down to, right? And a huge area right now that's highly defensible is within tech because there's a lot of IP that you can protect there within the code base mm -hmm. or the technology mm -hmm. um, that you're developing. FinTech and health tech, of course, in Toronto are massive industries now that get a lot of funding attention towards them. Within the consumer space, though, we've noticed an increased appetite um, recently because there's been so many large exits um, mm -hmm. for consumer digital native brands. Mm -hmm. And usually it's the X factor within those companies and within new bodies being very customer centric. So allowing all of your customer data, which is something that's in a sense IP because you have those deep right. relationships and you have deep knowledge about what consumers are looking for and their buying preferences. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's like highly defensible and really attractive. Wow, nice. Does being in a co-working space provide more opportunities for entrepreneurs and especially startups like you? Just uh, tell us your experience in that. I think one of the best parts about working here is that you don't necessarily know who you're going to get connected to because it's so quickly changing about right. who else is working in this space with us. Right. And then it also allows you to not have to sink a ton of money into committed leases, allows you more flexibility if your team needs to grow as well. You're not tied to one office space. Right. So I think just the flexibility of where it is that you're working out of, how much room you need, all those things, that's one of the biggest benefits mm -hmm. of co-working is that it's kind of like a month-to-month -month rental right. agreement. Yeah, definitely. It has benefited you, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, enormously. <laughs> okay, so let's say five years down the line, if an investor comes to you with an offer to invest in your brand, however, they decide to keep the strategic decision-making part of themselves, how would you react to that? And as founders, do you think one should be flexible enough to shift positions for the growth of the brand? That's something that Laura and I have been aligned on from the beginning is that we want to bring new body to as far as we can mm -hmm. um, to help as many people get educated about natural beauty and skincare mm -hmm. and help them be able to afford the products on the market. So that's our goal at the end of the day. So if someone else is able to come in and help us and show us how we can do it better, I would say go for it. Again, that comes again with you know its own other side, I guess, of downfalls, like say the investor ends up being you know, really pushy or yeah. wants to like kick us out for no good reason. That's obviously things that we would consider. Yeah. But I think it just comes down to, is there end goal to help push new body as far as possible without losing our values along the way? And if that is their goal to, you know, progress new body, then I would say that that's fine. Makes sense. <laughs> okay, skincare is essential. Makeup is choice. 
I believe that cosmetic industry in North America is huge. However, the natural skincare industry is fast growing. Why do you feel more women spend on cosmetics than skincare? And what do you want to tell the viewers and market about the necessity of skincare products? Yeah, so it's actually interesting that you mentioned that. So Sephora released um, a report uh, recently that analyzed their sales from 2018. And so skincare sales went up by 13% last year and makeup actually went up by 1%. So there's a lot more people starting okay. to invest in skincare and I think people are starting to recognize that if you take care of your skin that you don't need to cover it up with that much makeup. Mm -hmm. And I think that what people are realizing is, you know, the minimalism like trend and approach to life and having, you know, more focus on wellness is important now. Yeah. So I think that there is a shift actually from people who are covering up their so-called flaws and blemishes with makeup mm -hmm. and embracing what they have and enhancing the features with good quality skincare. Okay, that's great. Mm -hmm. Good for your yeah. business. <laughs> I think a lot of people do not want to come out of their comfort shell, but both of you, you had great jobs and smooth life. Still, you decided to come out of that shell, break that shell and be an entrepreneur. What message do you have for young people watching this show? Um, I have this like personal mantra that if you're not growing, you're dying. And maybe it's a little <laughs> bit negative, but I really believe that life is meant to be lived to its fullest and that if you're not a little bit uncomfortable you're probably playing things too safe um and uh it sounds a little bit morbid but i think letting regret guide some of your decisions mm -hmm. and deciding you know if i were to find out in a month i had three months left to live would i still be doing what i'm doing now or would i regret having not done some things and just making sure that you're always allowing that to be your north star and really being honest with yourself about the mm -hmm. life that you want to live um, and not letting fear dictate your decision making um, so to other young people who are thinking that maybe they want to go into business for themselves or they want to start a side hustle i would tell them to just go ahead and do it get started um, get the like the balls rolling. One of the best ways to do that, to hold yourself accountable, especially if you're a solo entrepreneur, is to tell your friends and family about your idea. Because if you tell them like, hey, I have this really cool idea for like a bike rental company or something. Mm -hmm. um, and then three months later, you meet up with that friend again for dinner. And then they say, oh, how's your like bike rental company going? And you tell them, I haven't done anything. You're gonna look pretty foolish. All right. So even just that um, idea of accountability, tell lots of people, don't hold back, don't worry about NDAs or all of that. Like just. Tell people yeah. your ideas and you also never know who they'll connect you with because, sure. you know, that's how Connie and I met. And moreover, it's one life, just try it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah. So what are your top products and where can we find you? Yeah, so our top selling product is our Glow Facial Serum. Um, it's a very lightweight organic serum that helps to minimize the appearance of pores and you know really smooth your skin. We also have our Purified Gel Cleanser, which I mentioned earlier, um, our Calm Lavender Toning Mist and our Pina Colada Lip Polish. If you want to find out more, you can shop us online at www.newbody.com or you can reach out to Connie or I directly. The best way to get a hold of us is probably through Instagram. Um, that will come right to us mm -hmm. or also our emails, which are just Laura or Connie at newbody.com. And the Instagram is new.body, N-I-U dot B-O-D-Y. Perfect. I'm definitely going to go and buy one. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that was amazing. Thank you so much, Connie and Laura, for being on the show and sharing the secrets of uh, skincare products and its market. It was wonderful talking to you, and we wish you good luck for your future. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thanks Thank for having you. us. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, beautiful skin is the ultimate inspiration. We will catch you next week with yet another success story from Canada. Follow Bay Street Diary and subscribe to our YouTube channel for more Canadian entrepreneurial stories. 
Thank you for watching. Till then, keep spreading love.